This is Ecoverse, a podcast dedicated to bring you stories about climate action happening around the world. Our podcast is designed to inspire, motivate, and challenge us. We'll hear stories about ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things to help our planet. Tune in to hear interviews with experts and people who are working to take a stand against climate change. The Ecoverse podcast is produced by Creative Studio Productions, whose mission is to amplify the good around the world. Climate change is no longer a theory of a possible future. It's an ever-present now, and its effects are becoming more and more increasingly observable. We have climate activists, large corporations, and governments who are acknowledging the effects climate change will have on economics, quality of life, and food securities. Bill Gates recently acknowledged that Earth's temperature has already risen by 1.5 degrees Celsius. If we don't take action, we'll be condemning future generations to a more difficult future than we are facing. It's a question of, if not us, then who? I want to start this series off by sharing a bit of my story. My name is John Oney, and I am the executive producer at Creative Studio Productions. I'm an average guy who didn't go to school for climatology or other scientific research. No, I found myself in the world of church and ministry. I was a pastor for 16 years of my adult life, and with the pandemic of 2020, I ended up leaving my position in the church to start my own business. I left for multiple reasons, one of which was how the church in America handled the COVID pandemic, which did not resonate with my own beliefs. There were other reasons as well, but I won't get into all of them here. But one of the other reasons I left was because I didn't see a care for creation in the large portion of evangelical churches. Perhaps I was simply in the wrong churches. I grew up in the church and remember being involved in music and many other youth activities. We were taught a lot about the purity movement and read books like I Kiss Dating Goodbye. We studied creationism and had deep debates with our science teachers about whether the world was 6,000 years old or millions of years old. But we only briefly discussed climate change, and when it was brought up, it was dismissed in the evangelical world as a farce. I mean, God would protect his world from destruction, right? Back then, we referred to it as global warming, and we assumed all those who believed in global warming were really just radicals and fearmongers. Now, this podcast is not meant to be a bash on evangelicalism or their past lack of acknowledging climate change. I'm just telling you a bit of my story to give you a background from where I came from. It's all part of my journey. And although I wish I had been more self-aware and I realized I could have done something about climate change... I don't think I was mature enough or even wanted to study about the effects climate change had on our environment. Fast forward to 2009, two years after I got married. I remember being at home and my wife was out working one night and so I turned on the TV and I was ready just to sit there, veg, and watch whatever I could. Now back then we had cable and we had to sit through all these things called commercials. We didn't have streaming services where you could just skip through the advertisements. As I was flipping through the channels, I stumbled upon a program called Earth 2100. It was ABC's Earth Day special. I thought I'd give it a shot as it was masterfully animated, and being a visual guy, I really love animation. Earth 2100 took research from scientists and many research institutes around the world compiling thousands of data points about climate change. 
The beauty of the project was they didn't just have an analysis of these data points, they wove a narrative into the program. A story about a girl named Lucy and what Lucy's possible future would look like. The film was fascinating to me. Even though it resonated with some of what I believed at the time, I still thought the government will do something about climate change. Some company will come up with some technology that stops it. I don't really have to do anything. This is a big problem that requires a big solution. I did do some small things. I got one of those little blue recycling bins that you leave outside every two weeks. Little did I know though that only 9% of plastic that is labeled recyclable is actually recycled. I thought all of it was recycled. And I continued to live my life of convenience and just throw things away. And I didn't really change because I didn't think it was that big of a deal. They can burn garbage, right? That won't hurt the planet, or at least so I thought at the time. I didn't realize all the carbon and the chemicals that burning garbage threw into the air. Or they could bury the garbage and let it rot, not realizing that it produced so much methane when it was buried that it actually affects our climate. I was naive and I didn't change my habits, still thinking that someone else would solve the climate crisis. I remember the day my first son was born. It was a cold, snowy December day. We didn't have much, but we welcomed our little Abe into this world back in 2014. For some reason, that number 2014 stuck in my mind. And eventually I remembered why. That was the year Lucy from the film Earth 2100 was supposedly born. Still, life kept going on as usual. I read stories of the droughts in the Southwest, but I was in Minnesota. That didn't, that didn't affect me. And I was a pastor in ministry doing God's work. I was focused on spiritual health and couldn't be troubled by climate change. In 2016, we welcomed our second son, Theo, into this world. It's funny how becoming a parent really does end up changing your perspective on things. You start to think about what kind of world will your kids grow up in. I started to see more about the droughts and Lake Mead drying up in the Southwest, crises predicted by scientists in the film Earth 2100. There were more and more people at the border and even some towns around the country's water supplies were becoming contaminated or even drying up. Something that you think this shouldn't happen in America. Our political systems are becoming increasingly strained, and we are starting to see more massive storms and food securities become stretched. All things that could have been avoided, but weren't. One of the biggest things I saw was the mass extinction of insects. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you had to stop at a gas station and get one of those squeegees and scrub off your windshield from all the bugs? We had to do that all the time as a kid, especially if we drove at night. One might think, uh, less bugs, John, the better. But we're facing one of the biggest extinction of insects and pollinators in history. And without some of these bugs, we lose food sources for some of Earth's most precious ecosystems and plants that grow our own food won't be pollinated. Listen, I'm not here to blame anyone but myself about this crisis. If I had done small things and others had done the same, it could have had a big impact. During my first year at Creative Studio Productions, we had a client named Randy who was in the wastewater treatment industry. 
Randy wanted us to create a website and bring him into the 21st century. Those were his words, not mine. We toured Randy's treatment facility and he showed us the entire process of removing waste from water and turning it back into fertilizer for crops. It was absolutely fascinating. The process was a great example of ultimate recycling. But as we continued the tour and saw where the lime was mixed into the solid waste to make fertilizer, I noticed these tiny beads of red, orange, blue, and white. I thought maybe they had something to do with the fertilizer, so I asked Randy what they were, and he said, plastic. Plastic, I asked. From what? Plastic from feminine products, bits of toys, and plastic beads and face scrubs are all examples of microplastics that go into the sewage. And unfortunately, the wastewater treatment plant was unable to filter them completely out. I then asked, knowing that plastic has carcinogens that are known to cause cancer and other cancer-causing chemicals, what effects this would have on the plants? Would the plants filter out the carcinogens, or would it be passed on to humans in food consumption? His answer was, we don't know. You see, this is what concerns me. We don't know has led to all kinds of things that has damaged our environment. And when we don't know, we often choose convenience over trying to find a more sustainable solution. What we do know now is that many of us are already living with microplastics in our bodies. And although we can't really point to the food we eat, we can point to it comes from something we ingest. You see, plastics are everywhere, not only in wastewater systems, but also in the water in our environment. Rainwater now has PSAFs from plastic. Those are chemicals that cause cancer. We can no longer tell our children to go outside and catch snowflakes or raindrops on their tongue as a fun pastime because it's toxic. So no matter what we do, we're screwed. Well, at least that's what I thought. After touring the wastewater treatment plant, my wife and I began researching zero plastic and how we could get away from plastic altogether. We went to the butcher and had them place our meat and cheese in reusable bags instead of wrapping them in the butcher paper, which has a thin coat of plastic on it. We bought milk in glass jars and bread from bakeries, which we put into cloth bags. We got bamboo toothbrushes, soap bars wrapped in paper, toilet paper shipped in cardboard made from bamboo, sheet laundry soap in recycled boxes, and dishwasher soap in recyclable containers. And all of our cleaning products were now recyclable. We went to co-ops and farmer's markets to get produce that wasn't wrapped in plastic. We successfully achieved zero plastic. Well, for about eight months. And after eight months, we realized we spent tens of thousands of dollars, which was not sustainable for our family. So we failed. Well, that's what my perfectionist mind would say. But we didn't fail. To this day, we have gone from filling the largest garbage container every week, overflowing every week, to filling the smallest container every two weeks. We also got the largest recycling container available through our waste management. Yes, now we purchased some plastic, like milk. A half gallon of milk in a glass jar was $6.50. So now we buy milk in a plastic gallon to save money. But we make our own bread instead of buying plastic wrapped bread and do a host of other things that have become a part of our normal life. 
My point is this. Unless you really have a ton of money, our society won't let you go zero plastic. So perfection is impossible. So it's not about going to zero plastic altogether. Because if you're a perfectionist like me, it's not going to happen. But here's my point. Do what you can. Care. Care enough to maybe cut down on some of your garbage. We were able to cut 80% of our garbage that goes out our door. What changes can you make that make sense? Is it buying sheet laundry detergent packaged in recyclable boxes? When you do that, not only are you cutting down on plastic, but also CO2 emissions. Most liquid laundry detergents are made with a lot of water. Thus, it adds a lot of weight to the semis that ship them. And when you buy sheet laundry detergent, the weight is drastically reduced. And a lot of times they even put it in your mailbox. Is it getting box noodles without the plastic window? Is it getting toothbrushes made from bamboo or toilet paper made from bamboo? What are some small things you can do to make a change? Just imagine if we all decided to make a small change, it could still have a big impact on our environment. Making a positive change to help the environment can be as simple as switching off the lights when leaving a room or using reusable containers and bags instead of those plastic bags. If we all commit to making small but meaningful changes, the collective impact could be huge. Don't throw away those plastic bags you have right now. Go and wash them and reuse them. The longer we can keep those out of the environment, the better. We all have a responsibility to protect our planet, to treasure it, and to ensure that future generations can enjoy its beauty and its wonder. And the only way we can do that is if we take part in helping the environment. One small change today can really make a big difference tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. The Egoverse podcast is dedicated to helping spread the word on the amazing work being done to save our planet. We hope to bring you many more episodes that are filled with inspiring stories from around the world that have a real impact on climate change for future generations. The Ecoverse was produced by Creative Studio Productions, a production company dedicated to telling stories of people making a difference for our planet. If you have a story that you think would be good to share on Ecoverse, go to www.cspmn.com and click on the contact page. We'll see you next time.